For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. These technologies have been around since the 70s. It sort of happened by accident. You wake up in the morning, you're like, okay, now what? Passage to Profit, I am Kenya Gibson, filling in for Richard Gearhart. And I am Elizabeth Gearhart as myself. <laughs> You've just heard some snippets from our show. Stay tuned for the rest. Want to protect your business? The time is near. You've given it heart. Now, get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. I am Kenya Gibson filling in for Richard Gearhart, who is a patent attorney. And I'm Elizabeth Gearhart. I'm not an attorney, but I work at Gearhart Law with Richard, working on the marketing. And we are so excited to have this show today. We are. And joining us for the show today is Manoush Agarwal. He is an artificial intelligence and cybersecurity expert and founder of Tetra Noodle Technologies. He's an author and he is is a startup mentor. And then we have Holly Fennell with Age Quencher. And if you could see Holly and know how old she is, the stuff works. So stay tuned. And then we have Hema Reddy with Wonder Eggs by Crafty Counter. And if you like eggs, but you don't like cholesterol and you don't like hurting animals, she's got the perfect product for you. Awesome. And now it's time for IP in the news. And we're going to be talking about Pharrell Williams and Louis Vuitton. So Pharrell Williams has been riding high since his debut with Louis Vuitton, but a brand new allegation has been putting a damper on things. So around June 23rd, a clip began circulating online of an independent fashion designer, Kelly Ford, where she claimed that the super producer and Louis Vuitton stole her idea for a bag as part of their latest collection. So, Elizabeth, you and I were talking a little bit about this. So, basically, what happened was she had this shopping bag that had their coloring and their branding on it. She kind of reinforced it a little bit, put some plastic on it, put some ribbons on it, and it was cute, right? Mm -hmm. But... In fact, so their bags. So now she feels like she's entitled for style credit or design credit. Like her just mixed feelings online about like who's right and who's wrong in the situation. Well, right. Louis Vuitton, someone from Louis Vuitton must have seen our video and was like, wow, that is really cool. We're going to do that and sell them. And that's what ticked her off, I think, was that Louis Vuitton took the idea with their branding and started using it. Without giving her credit. Yeah. Right. But she took their branding without asking them. So. And it's their bag. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all a little torn on like just where the mixed emotions are coming from. So some people feel that she should be getting credit and that she's entitled to that. And then others feel that, like you just said, she should have asked for permission and so on and so forth. So we want to kind of go around the room and ask what everyone else thinks. So, Holly, we'll start with you. Interesting question. I think as somebody who I create formulas, all of my vitamins, all of my nutrients are created by me. And so I would have trouble with someone using my brand, using my formulations without some sort of agreement or talking to me, especially as a small business. I think I'm very protective of my formulas, of my trademarks, of everything that I have. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I mean, if she could have somehow protected the method she was using to convert the bag to a purse, maybe that would have been a good way for her to go. But you can't just take somebody else's branding. I agree. No. No, and it's a, it's a really cute bag. I mean, who would have known that, you know, the shopping bag that they have could be a really cute tote. But they thought it was a great idea. So they actually created something similar mm -hmm. after she did this. So that's why she's Upset. feeling the way she feels. So, Manoush, how do you feel about the situation? I have four patents of my own and I work with a lot of patent attorneys. So this question is more about who has the power to defend their argument, right? Mm -hmm. No ideas are built in isolation. I'm sure Louis Vuitton did not just come up with the concept about bag. They copied it from ancient people and whatnot. The question is, if they have adopted an idea from this customer, I'm assuming she was a customer and she paid for the Louis Vuitton bag. Mm -hmm. And now bag belongs to her, right? Even though it's their brand. And now if they have borrowed that concept from her, then I think 
Louis Vuitton being a reputable brand, if they have even taken an inspiration from another design, I think they should uh, compensate a customer. If it was not a customer, then maybe that will be a different story. But if a customer buys your product and then enhances it, I feel like uh, you should uh, appreciate that customer somehow. Yeah. yeah, well, that's the support that she's been getting online right. with this clip. It's a sure. tricky question. Hema? Mm-hmm. So my two cents on this is, as somebody that has been in the technical world when between the corporate past and the current foray into food and beverage and tend to publish patents, I feel like the objective of patent is not just commercial use, right? And protecting your innovation and product and offerings. It's also the consumer trust, how they value your products, how they see you as a brand and everything that goes behind it. It takes a lot of time and capital to build that consumer trust. On the other hand, as those that have been in the industry for a long time, there's so many creative ways to make lemonade out of lemons, right? In this specific situation, I find synergies with what uh, Manuja expressed earlier regarding the customer, you know, t- taking their product and turning it into a versatile solution and making it better and stronger. We have an opportunity just to do something great where we turn the situation into something positive and bring attention into our shoppers. Use this as a case study. Look at this customer who has done something crazy genius and actually collaborate with the shopper to go to market with this offering. And that means that maybe they have other shoppers that follow suit. So this could be an opportunity instead of all the negative talk, this could be turned into a positive highlight and a story and inspiration for all those customers of Louis Vuitton. I I love that. I love that. And a good PR story for them as well. So great point. Kenya, can you please introduce our guest? I am like dying to pick his brain. I've <laughs> been ever since I saw he was coming on the show. Yes, excited to do so. So Manuj Agarwal is the founder of Tetra Noodle Technologies, cybersecurity expert, a startup mentor, and an author. And he went from earning $2 a day to the boardrooms and Fortune 500 companies. So just welcome to Passage to Profit today. That's very impressive. Thank you. Excited to be here. Let's talk about cybersecurity, AI, the whole ball of wax, because all of us are smack dab in the middle of it right now, whether we know we are or not, right? Yes, 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 yes. The interesting thing is that these technologies have been around since the 70s. I personally started working with it about 15, 15, 17 years ago. And now with the platforms like ChatGPT and BARD and other technologies, it has become very uh, prevalent. Like a lot of people are adopting it. In fact, ChatGPT is uh, one of the most popular product in history. It has 1 billion users already in less than six months. So the idea is that this is a transformative technology, AI, and cybersecurity goes hand in hand because the world is becoming digital. Our identity is online. Our, you know, uh, everything that belongs to us that we sort of, we think is ours is becoming digital. So all these technologies, people who understand the value of these technologies and the power of these technologies, they have benefited tremendously. So I'll give you quick examples. The richest people in the world, you can name any, any richest person in the world. They can directly attribute their wealth and success to artificial intelligence and data. So Jeff Bezos, uh, Amazon is an AI company. Uh, Elon Musk, uh, most people think Tesla is a car company, but in fact, it is a data and AI company. Uh, SpaceX, uh, there is no way to land those rockets back in the middle of the ocean without AI. This recording we are doing, uh, sitting across uh, thousands of miles, uh, the traffic underneath uh, this Zoom session is being controlled by AI. Uh, You take out your smartphone, everything on that device is controlled by AI. So... AI is all around us, and this is just the beginning now that the general public can get their hands on it and start using it for their benefit. The whole transformation has just started. Wow. I agree. I was at a conference on Friday, and there was somebody from Google presenting for Google Pixel, and he said in 2016, the CEO of Google decided they were going to be an AI company. It sounds like they were a little late to the game from what you're saying, but they... They're really focused on cybersecurity. I'm just wondering, can you even do cybersecurity without AI? It doesn't sound like it. See, everything is data. And by the way, Google has been AI company since day one. I, I think that's a misnomer to become a, uh, you know, be Google and say, I we want to become an AI company. All the algorithms, their search engine is all AI. But cybersecurity and AI, they go hand in hand. If you understand how it all works, data is the key ingredient 
uh, that feeds AI. So it's like if you want to make a dish, you need ingredients, salt and, and vinegar and, and vegetables and meat and whatnot. So data is the thing that feeds AI algorithms. And cybersecurity is what protects that data. So you can see, uh, you know, all our valuables, we put it in a locker or we put it in a safe with a lock and key and password and whatnot, because we value those things. Now, data is becoming that valuable thing. Whoever possesses the data, they are the most powerful and richest people on the planet. And so cybersecurity is the mechanism to protect that wealth, that data. And then AI is the mechanism to create value out of that data. I think this is all very fascinating. It's fascinating and scary at the same time because now you, we have all this data. Mm -hmm. And Elizabeth and I were having a conversation yesterday about how we feel like we're being listened to on our phones. <laughs> we were... <laughs> And we have these ads that pop up all of a sudden. I was actually yeah. having a conversation about someone the other day and like their Instagram pop. I was like, oh, it was very scary. <laughs> so as impressed as I am, I'm also a little leery about some of these technologies that are, are coming about. No doubt. No doubt. These are very powerful technologies. The thing is that the way we have gone through this transition within 20 years, we have transitioned from an offline world into a digital always connected online world. And being a cybersecurity expert, I can tell you everything that you think is private, it is not private. Anybody who wants to listen in or read your emails or what have you, there are ways to get into your systems very easily. So if you have something of worth, I will say beware of what you put out there and just assume that whatever you are doing, you know, it can be seen by the public, especially on the internet when you send emails and whatnot. Phones still, there are regulations around listening into your private conversations, but that too, they're not as strong regulations. So from cybersecurity point of view, everybody should be familiar with these simple ways of protecting their identity, their data, their privacy, and then use those simple methods in your everyday life when you travel, especially when you, you know, plug in your laptop into a free Wi-Fi at the airport or mm -hmm. Starbucks. That's not secure at all. So are we being listened to through our cell phones? As I said, if somebody decides somewhere that you are worth listening to, they can do that. It's just that they don't show much interest in mere mortals. Uh, they, don't, they, they, they have no That's reason. You know? Yeah, if they listen into one of my conversations, they'd be sorry. Oh my gosh, you yeah. never stops talking about cats yeah, and exactly. kids. And then the other thing is, you know, when you put yourself out there having these conversations on the internet, it becomes even less urgent for somebody to say, oh, you know, this guy is interesting or this gal is interesting. Let's listen in for their into their private conversation because they already sort of know what you're up to. Like being out there on the internet is a counter way to protect your privacy in a way because you're putting yourself out there, being an authentic person out there, right? We hope. Yeah. I mean, my yeah. daughter won't do Instagram because her friend felt like she had to Photoshop herself and she's a beautiful girl. She's like, why would she Photoshop herself? That's a whole different conversation. <laughs> yeah, no. But I feel like if you're not using some of these AI tools, you're going to fall behind. Yeah. So let me share a few stats with you to answer that question. The CEO of IBM has said that AI is going to add about $10 trillion, trillion with a T, to the world economy by 2030. So the current world economy is $96 trillion. That means in the next seven years, AI is going to add more than 10% of the world GDP. And then I'll share another quote, uh, which goes al along uh, uh, to your comment. Um, the CEO of Google and Peter Diamandis, who is a very prominent scientist and entrepreneur, they have said by the turn of this decade, again, within seven years, there's going to be two types of businesses. One that embrace and utilize AI fully mm -hmm. and another one which are out of business. So, <laughs> okay. wow. I had another question for you. With your consulting clients, two startups went from ideas to public companies in under five years. An ed tech startup went from zero to hundreds of millions in revenue in under three years. How did you do that? <laughs> well, see, uh, the idea is that there are a lot of opportunities out there. There are big problems to be solved. And when you are capable of solving big problems, you get big payoffs. So just in, in your office, uh, you know, as patent attorneys, I'm sure you find 
unbelievable inventions that come through your door. The problem is that you need these great ideas, you need the solutions, you need execution, you need sales, marketing, all of these pieces to work together to build something phenomenal. And a lot of people, uh, especially engineers, inventors, I'm an engineer, I'm an inventor, so please, uh, you know, I'm including me, myself into this generalization. We tend to think that technology or our invention is all we need, but we need a lot of other people to come together, a lot of other skills, as I mentioned, they need to work collaboratively to build something new. And, and all these startups that you mentioned, that was the main ingredient, the people, uh, you know, people who came together, who worked hard, who worked on a customer focused solution. And uh, the rest is just uh, general market forces just pulls you up. That's great. Were you always an inventor? Like what was your childhood like? I think you mentioned that. So I worked in a factory when I was from 15 years of age to about 19 years of age. And I was getting, you know, $2 a day. That was the foundational education I had. I learned about business. I learned how to interact with people. I learned how these companies or factories or any organization, how they work. Like it's a synchronized choreography within organization. So, you know, every department needs to work in sync because if one breaks down, the whole supply chain, the whole value chain breaks down. So those were some of the initial learnings I had. And then also I learned about how to scale things because it's one thing to say, okay, you know, we can make one of this gadget every day or every week. It's another thing to say, okay, we are going to make 10,000 of these every day. That's a totally different mindset. That's a totally different way of doing business. So once you understand how things are put together, once you understand how you can scale it from zero, uh, from nothing to a very high scale. Uh, I mean, those are key skills that I learned uh, during my childhood. Yeah. And I saw you had an interesting upbringing, right? Had a little bit of a troubled childhood. You left home uh, at an early yeah. age with only a suitcase full of clothes. You got married, yeah. <laughs> moved to Canada, right? And yeah. overcame some enormous challenges. So I want you to talk yeah. a little bit about that because now you're helping people excel and inspire them to pursue their dreams. Basically, I left home following a girl I fell in love and uh, my family and her family, they were against it. And in India, you know, you, you can't just go on dates and say, okay, I'm, I want to marry this person. There are rules you have to follow. So I got on the wrong side of those rules and I left home uh, came over to Canada and then lost a series of jobs when I came here because of uh, September 11th, dot-com bust, the Gulf War, all of those things. And then I decided that, okay, you know, this uh, job security thing is a myth, no matter where you live, you know, in India or North America. And that's what pushed me towards entrepreneurship, starting my own consulting company. And then through a series of events, got into artificial intelligence and a lot of other things. And yeah, started working with Microsoft. That was a great experience. We built their entire like global enterprise customer CRM and uh, ERP and all of that. Worked with uh, this ed tech company, Pearson Education. So I can go deeper into it, but yeah, that was the journey. Getting into trouble, facing some challenges that life throws at you, and then utilizing your own sort of mindset and some creativity to push through that. That's great. It builds tenacity, which mm -hmm. helps others. So I love that. I love yeah. that. You're so right about the different functions. And, you know, Richard owns his law firm and I'm quite involved, especially right now. And it's not going to be successful unless you have all the departments. And that was something that we dealt with in corporate. And also what we dealt with in corporate, too, is you're never safe there. So if you think it's risky being an entrepreneur, well, you're risky in corporate, too. So if you feel like you can give it a try, you can do it in your spare time, so to speak, and then hopefully grow it into a big business or even a business that will support you. That realization led me to the current work that I do, which is combining the power of artificial intelligence with neuroscience to help people you know, build these relationships and become thought leaders and be seen on the world stage for what they are bringing to the table. That's awesome. And we're going to stop you right there because when we come back from the break, you're going to talk about how you help your clients and how you help people do that. Passage to Profit, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. I'm Kenya Gibson filling in for Richard and we'll be right back. I'm Richard Gearhart, founder of Gearhart Law. We specialize in patents, trademarks, and copyrights. You can find out more at learnmoreabouttrademarks.com. We love working with entrepreneurs and helping their businesses grow. 
And here is our client, Ricky, to tell it like it is. Hi, I'm Ricky Frango, founder and CEO of Prime6. We manufacture high-performing, clean, and sustainable fuels like charcoal and logs. We've been working with Your Heart Loft since the beginning, really, and they've helped us figure out the trademarks, the patents, everything that has to do with product development and how to protect our inventions. And we're extremely grateful for the wonderful team that has been supporting our business since day one. Thank you, Ricky. To learn more about trademarks, go to learnmoreabouttrademarks.com and download our free Entrepreneur's Guide to Trademarks or book a free consultation with me to discuss your patent and trademark needs. That's learnmoreabouttrademarks.com for your free booklet about trademarks and a free consultation. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Filling in for Richard today is Kenya Gibson, our media maven, and we have been talking to our guest, Manoj Agarwal, just an amazing story, but also it could be an amazing story for you, too, because he's a consultant. And we're going to turn now to how he helps his clients grow their businesses. Tell us some of your secrets. How do you work with your consulting clients? The idea is that once you understand the power of AI and how it interacts with the human mind, you can basically implement any solution for some of the complex problems. I'll give you a couple of examples. We help one medical equipment company use AI to help with joint pains. A lot of people have joint pains because of the way their feet are constructed. So what we did was we used AI, computer vision, and 3D printing to create custom orthotic devices which support you at the right pressure points under your feet, and then it helps with joint pains. Another project we executed was to help higher education students complete their degree programs because as much as 30% of the higher ed school students drop out in the first two years because they find that whatever they are studying is of no interest to them or it is too difficult for them. So we used AI to match students with the right courses, uh, just like Netflix matches us with the right shows. And so the result was most of the students, they actually completed their degree programs, taking 20% more courses than required. And that program actually got mentioned from Obama and Bill Gates. So AI can be used to solve these big problems. And the way we help our clients is first understand what are their goals, whether that's revenue goal, whether that's you know increasing the productivity of their employees, getting more clients, retaining them longer, whatever that is, and then utilizing that as our North Star, as our goal, we work backwards from there. Even if we have to invent new things, if in, even if we have to hire new team members, but the idea is that we enjoy solving these complex problems. And that's how we work utilizing technology and our knowledge of the human mind to solve these kind of problems. I do want to ask about one other thing that you touched on before that I agree with you 100% is one of the most important things. And a lot of us don't do well enough at it is the communication. How do you convince companies to communicate better? What tools do you ask them to use? The the key here is we have to understand who's the human behind communicating. So when we say, um, you know, corporate communication, I always advise the clients focus on the person who's communicating. So if it's an executive, we try to learn about their core values, their life journey, you know, who they are as a person, because as humans, we don't connect with other logos or corporations or buildings. We connect with other human beings. So if your personality comes through that communication, then that becomes magnetic for other people. So a simple process is we focus on core values. Core values are beliefs that we live by in our lives. And that happens through, you know, getting to know the, the client. And then we use artificial intelligence to infuse all those core values into the messaging. So for example, we're helping a Fortune 500 client increase employee engagement in their company. And when we look at the data, we found out that the employees did not even know why they were doing what they were doing. They were confused about COVID vaccinations. They were confused about training or equipment. And that all was shown in the data correctly. But the problem is nobody understands how to read that data specifically and understand what are the issues. So we then advise the vice president, who is the leader of this group, to now start sharing her own core values and saying, look, guys, I understand 
that you have all these concerns. I understand you may not understand why you are doing these things. And these are the reasons why we are doing it. I understand you are confused about uh, vaccination. And these are the steps we are taking to address those concerns. So once you start to understand that data, once you start to infuse your personality, things start to move very smoothly, just like a well-oiled machine. And so to come back simply to answer your question about communications through AI, consider if you were a German speaking person and I was a Chinese speaking person and we cannot communicate. But today there are devices that exist that can help us communicate in real time. So consider the same thing with AI, it can help us communicate in a better way, not just interpreting the languages, but interpreting our emotion, the tone of our voice, the way that we get buy-in, the way we connect with each other. That's the game changer where you know we can become very effective communicators using a technology, even though you know as as humans we we are not perfect. Awesome, awesome. And I want to talk a little bit about some of the results that you're getting from the clients that you worked with. So. You had a consultant client and two startups that went from ideas to public companies in under five years. And you had an ed tech startup that went from zero to hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue in under three years and several innovative technology products launched flawlessly. So that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Startups are very chaotic places because most people just try to figure out, okay, what is going to work? So it's startups are just series of experiments after experiments. But once you understand how to conduct these experiments, how to collect the data, how to listen to the market, and then incorporate all that feedback into the next iteration of the product, then things start to roll forward. So the two startups that we helped, one was in... Um, uh, mining industry. So we created a blockchain-based mining supply chain software. So mining, not Bitcoin mining, but actual gold and copper and silver mining. So in this industry, every shipment of ore that they dig out from earth is about 50 million or $100 million. And so when they ship this ore from one part of the world to another part of the world to process and to extract the metal, typically they lose about 1% of that ore because of theft or um, you know loss. So utilizing technology, we are able to minimize that loss and make huge impact in that industry. So that company went public within one and a half years and IBM was uh, one of the investors in that company. The second uh, company was a real estate company and they solved a big problem in property management and maintenance of buildings. So again, these are very traditional industries where Everything is still done on paper. So when you go around and look for these problems, you'll find so many industries are quite backward actually in their technology adoption. So if you find a good solution and you make sure that customers uh, benefit from that technology, then you know um, that's what gives you the results. And in terms of ed tech company, I mean, this was Pearson Education. It is already a Fortune 500 company. And these Fortune 500 companies, what they have done is they have recognized that if they want to bring innovation to the market, then they launch new startups within the larger company because startups move very, very fast. And the large company infrastructure doesn't allow that kind of innovation to happen. So this was a startup built within Pearson Education which went from zero to $400 million within five years. And they had massive global growth. Now, the reason why they grew into hundreds of millions was obviously they were being helped by their parent company. They had massive, massive sales force. And the product we built was revolutionary because it digitized entire textbooks and helped each millions and millions of students got them really good paying jobs and whatnot. So, so that was a pretty good product and had a huge impact. That's really impressive. I do want to go back to the fundamentals that you were talking about at the very beginning. So collecting the data so that you can then analyze the data so that you can then make the improvements to your company. Do all startups need to collect the same data and which data is the most important to collect? Listening to the customer is the most important thing. You know, when the customer says, I want this or I don't want this, listen to that. A lot of people, what they do is, I, I was actually just in, at another uh, startup event and what I noticed was as soon as the customer raises an objection, typically the startup founder is so in love with their baby, their business, they just start to rationalize why they have taken that decision. 
rather than listening rather than saying oh, okay you know maybe i'm making a mistake here so what i tell people is stop drinking the kool-aid because the data is going to show you where you are drinking the kool-aid your own kool-aid and then there is a specific measure in especially in the startup industry is very popular nps score so nps tells you who is happy with your product and more importantly who will refer their friends and family to your company because the word of mouth marketing is the best marketing even today 95% of the people will listen to their friends and family when they provide a recommendation for a product as compared to only 20 25% with traditional marketing effort so nps tells you how many people will actually refer their friends and family to your company so even companies like apple they pay a very very close attention to their nps score what does nps stand for net promoter score so if you find somebody who's really excited about your business and wants to be an ambassador then that's really golden for you right absolutely that is one thing that you need to achieve you know you know we were talking about uh, tesla earlier like they 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 spend 0 dollars on advertising still they are the biggest company bigger than gm chrysler and ford combined ford has been around 100 years they launched they were 1920s and tesla just came onto the scene what 2005 and now it is the biggest car company in the world and they spend 0 dollars on advertisement what i'll say though and i'll challenge that uh when it comes to advertising as i i hear a lot of advertisers that'll say oh i don't i don't or marketers who say i don't spend any money on advertising and word of mouth is great however it's not controllable right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i feel advertising does give you some control and some damage control in case you run into situations from a pr perspective which tesla has uh yeah, yeah, in yeah, the yeah, past yeah, so i think absolutely. it's word of mouth is great but it's it can be a double edged sword absolutely i mean that's where the nps uh, net promoter score it it actually takes into account how many of uh, your customers will promote your business and how many will actually say bad things about your business so it actually takes into account both those factors so how do you get that score Is there a company that does it for you or do you do it yourself? We deploy systems where people can start to get this number from their current data, from their CRM, from their customer. The idea is to have a channel where customers can provide direct feedback every month and then have a system in place to analyze that data to come up with the score on weekly basis, monthly basis, bi-weekly basis, whatever that is. That's really helpful. I think it's great that it takes into account both, right? The good and the bad. So it's accurate from a consumer perspective standpoint because you want to see truth and transparency. Right. Is there anything else that startups can do to really help them grow and succeed? One thing I say is that most people don't realize the power of marketing and going out there and talking about their idea. I talk to so many startup founders, they say you know i have a revolutionary idea it is going to change the world but all i need is a million dollars if you can help me get that then i'm going to change the world so i tell them okay you know let's say if i give you a million dollars but what have you done today right now you're asking somebody to invest in your idea what have you done to invest in yourself today and they're like oh i'm just waiting for a million dollars i i don't know what else to do i said uh, you know and tell them okay have you talked to like at least 50 people have you talked to 100 people about your idea and they said no because blah 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 so the one simple thing that people can do to succeed is make it a point to talk to at least 20 people 20 new people every day 20 new people every day whether that's a phone call whether that's just commenting on somebody's linkedin post whether that's just chatting with somebody on a podcast make sure you reach out to 20 new people every day and if you do that you can sell anything if people know you they trust you they like you you can turn around again i'll use the same example elon musk the guy is selling tequila the guy is selling space rockets and cars <laughs> and boring through underground tunnels so it's his credibility that sells i tell people your credibility is your main bank account focus on that and then everything else falls into place after that that makes sense well thank you manoj for sharing and being here with us today on passage to profit with richard and elizabeth gearhart i am kenya gibson filling in for richard and we will be right back hi i'm lisa askley's inventress founder ceo and president of inventing a to z i've been inventing products for over 38 years hundreds of products later and dozens of patents I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world. 
QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. But sitting in for Richard today is Kenya Gibson, our media maven. We have been talking to Manaj Agarwal, who is an artificial intelligence and cybersecurity expert. And what a fascinating conversation. If you missed it, you can find it on our podcast tomorrow. But now we're going to move into another segment. So Kenya Gibson has her Power Move segment. I'm really excited to hear about this today. Yes. Yeah, so for Power Move today, I'm giving Power Move to Jonathan Casillas. So Jonathan is a former linebacker for the New York Giants. He's a two-time Super Bowl champ. He's played for the New Orleans Saints, and he's played for the New England Patriots. And he was recently on my Power Move podcast to tell his story about how sports has helped him in life and in entrepreneurship. So you want to check that episode out. It's a great story, and it's really a great playbook on how you can win in life and business. So you want to check out his story. So he's power move for us. I definitely do want to check out his story. <laughs> and, and now it's my turn to talk about what I'm doing. I have a couple of other things that I'm doing. I have Blue Streak Directory, which is a video directory of B2B businesses. And I've talked about it before. I started it right before COVID. It's changed a bunch of times. And part of it, as our guest said, is because I got feedback from people and also just the way things change during and after COVID. But I'm pretty excited because I think I mentioned this last time, too. There's some new software out that I'm able to adapt to the project. And I'm really having a lot of fun with it. And this whole thing is people reaching out through the power of video to attract their ideal clients to their business. And I'm really excited about keeping it going. I'm working on the website now. The other thing I have going is my own podcast that I co-host with Danielle Woolley. It's called The Jersey Podcasts. We're having a blast with it. Our very own Noah Fleischman, who's our producer here, has been on our podcast. He was fun. And we have people come on and talk about their cats. We're building a community. It started with a cat that had a problem, my cat, and looking for answers to help solve his problem because he was stumping all the vets. And so we're really building that up into a cat lovers community. But the people talk about their businesses and everything else, too. So with that, we are going to go to our next presenter, Holly Fennell with Age Quencher. And I really want to hear about this, Holly. Yes, excited to tell you about it. My background, I'm a doctor. I've practiced for 20 years, clinician, working with patients. And Age Quencher came to be... We are an ingestible beauty company, so we make vitamins, electrolytes, protein powders that really work on the signs and symptoms of aging, which I've learned over my career are different for everybody. You know, for some people, they're interested in their hair, skin, and nails. For other people, it's energy, memory, longevity. My first five years in practice, I traveled with professional football team in Canada with the CFL. And our first product, I was noticing football players, often if you see them on the sidelines, they're riding a bike. And that they often do because they're cramping, their legs are cramping. What I quickly realized is we need a product, we need something for these professional athletes that is going to address this cramping dehydration. So I started formulating and creating, and that is actually how my first product was made. It's Hydrate. It's an electrolyte. And it really was a game changer for athletes. And we decided to just bring it into my clinic, had it on the counter. I'm like, I don't know, we'll call it age quencher, just see what happens. And our patients started using it. And what was so interesting, more and more people kept coming in and saying, you know what? My skin's really glowing. I'm really noticing a difference in my hair. I'm noticing something in my nails, my energy, my concentration. So... 
that is really how our first product came to be. Okay, oh, Holly, I'm buying it today. <laughs> we're sold. Yeah, we're so <laughs> sold. It is a game changer, literally. And this product really was my pathway to being an entrepreneur. I joke age quencher sort of happened by accident that I just wanted to create something for my patients. And age quencher was born. That's awesome. That's awesome. So let's talk about hydration because super important to the body and the skin. So what's your recommendation? Like how hydrated should one be? So I'm a bit of a hydration geek. I could I could talk about hydration all day. But essentially, before we get to that, what I think people need to know, a couple of the key facts on hydration, dehydration. So we know that dehydration is actually one of the leading causes of daytime fatigue. So often if we get a patient, they're tired, could they be anemic? Could it be their thyroid? Quite often these people are dehydrated. So I think just thinking about that tells us how important hydration is. We also know that just a 3% drop in our hydration will actually cause a temporary shrinkage to your brain. Now, this only lasts a few minutes, but that's serious stuff. So obviously, if you're dehydrated, you're not thinking clearly, your brain's not working as well. So how much water everybody needs, it's going to be different. We look at hydration based on age, gender. We know that older folks tend to, if they're taking a lot of pharmaceuticals, they tend to be quite dehydrated. Our athletes tend to need more water. Kind of a really good rule of thumb is look at your urine. It should be clear. You should be able to see through it. If it's concentrated, cloudy, you need more water. Is just water the best thing to hydrate you? So water, obviously water is the most important. What I've found is we tend to, many of us tend to be deficient in electrolytes in our base minerals, sodium, potassium, magnesium. So if we can add an electrolyte to your water, it's actually going to improve hydration beyond just drinking water on its own. And we know that the effects of proper hydration are, you know, as I mentioned, your hair, your skin, your nails, your concentration, mood, weight, muscle. There, there's so many, every physiological process in our body requires both hydration and electrolytes. And when you get to the absorption factor, right? Yeah. Let's talk about that because we absorb things so differently and our body yes. doesn't always take on all the vitamins that we give it. So can you just talk a little bit about like what's the best method for mm-hmm. absorption? That was the magic in creating Hydrate, our signature, my, my first product, because how do we create an electrolyte that has water-soluble vitamins in it that we're not just going to urinate out? Mm-hmm. So really it's looking at formulas that are have proper balances of electrolytes. So on a science side, we can look at how how much we need a day, how much potassium, magnesium, and look to the formulas to address that and to replete that within the body. Mm. And yeah, absorption, I worked really hard in the lab to really work and see what can we do because I don't want our customers to buy something that's just going to be expensive urine, right? They it, it needs to it needs Thank to you. <laughs> because it does go right through me. Stuff yeah. goes right through me, and I'm like, I know I'm not hydrating because I'm not retaining any of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and and water retention is a interesting topic because when we retain water, it's actually because we're dehydrated and our our cells are smart and they're holding on to water. So. If you are retaining water, despite drinking a lot, exactly, try an electrolyte. That could be what your body needs. Interesting. So do you have different types of electrolyte mixes for different people? We have one electrolyte. The dosaging can be different depending on your needs, whether you take it once a day, twice a day, three times a day. But the base formula is the same. You also have other things that you're selling on your website, right? Besides just the quencher. What else do you sell? We make collagen, protein powders, antioxidants. When I started formulating, the idea to me was there's a lot on the market already. What through my clinical experience can I see is lacking or what through my experience do customers have but maybe isn't doing the best job? So 
We make a protein powder, but it has a little bit more than the average protein powder would have in it. So different iterations on products. That's great. I'm so proud. Our customer retention rate, our repeat customer rate is in the high 90s. So to me, that makes me proud that we're providing a product that people find useful. They like it and they keep buying it. And I think about what Manoj does from an AI perspective and like how that could be incorporated into your business model and like a customization around like what products go great with what your skin needs are. Yep. That's awesome. That would be great. It would be amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd love to talk to you (laughs) off air. So, So how are you marketing this, Holly? The product's available online. It's also available in some retailers. The original thought was to be D2C. So mm-hmm. that's where most of my time is spent. But available in Canada and the U.S., very different having a product in Canada and the U.S. from mm-hmm. trademark labeling. For me, it wasn't just about starting a product, learning all of these things, but definitely it can be purchased online or different states and cities have retailers. That's great. And you said you use a lot of social media, right? Yeah, we use a lot of social media. I have built the business on customer loyalty, word of mouth. We have a very loyal ambassador following. We have an ambassador program. And really, that's, to me, been what's grown the business the Mm -hmm. most is the word of mouth. I, I completely agree with what you said. You can spend thousands upon thousands of dollars a month on marketing, but if your customers are loyal, they believe in what you're doing, they're going to support your business. So through social media, testimonials, ambassador programs, it's really driven my business. Sure. I want to talk about collagen Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of myths about collagen and you see all the products that are on the market. Is it something that the body outside of producing it on its own, can readily absorb through Mm -hmm. another medium. One thing about collagen, and and don't get discouraged, in our mid-20s, we make less than we need. So we can derive and our body can make collagen from different amino acids, different proteins. But what you'll see in all these products is how can we deliver a high dose of bioavailable collagen? Collagen is a big, huge fat molecule that's difficult to absorb. Mm. So if you are buying a collagen, look for a collagen peptide. A peptide means it's it's smaller, it's more bioavailable to the body. I was going to say, I've tried collagen in the past, okay. a powder, yep. but yeah, my belly hurt. Like I got a stomach ache and I was oh, like, oh, I can't do this. And, and it may have not just been the right formula for me, but just from a digestive standpoint, I'm like, hmm, I wonder yep. if I'm taking the right stuff. Yeah. And and again, um, collagen can be either marine, which is from the sea fish or uh, bovine from animal source, cow. Mm -hmm. But it's also what else is in your collagen. Mm -hmm. So my collagen, age quenchers collagen, we have it in a base of electrolytes and we have reishi mushroom in it. So it's a formula that's really combined to be absorbable and to work and to not upset the stomach. That's great. So do you have pictures of any of your clients or customers to show how great their skin looks? Testimonials. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's hard. it's interesting in my space because aging, it's natural. It doesn't happen overnight. We can't fight it. We shouldn't fight it. Um, so oh, I'm fighting it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'm losing. I, I, uh, one of one of the things I said on a very early interview was uh, aging is inevitable. How how well we age is not. Yeah. And I believe that to be because of what we take on the inside and vitamins and nutrients. Mm-hmm. But yes, we're doing a collagen challenge right now. Huh? So we there we go, Kenya. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're on, we're on month two with Hydroglow, our new collagen product, and. And it's awesome. So we are taking photos, questionnaires, different measures Mm -hmm. to see how this collagen is working for people and really interesting the data coming back and the information. So, yeah, we definitely anytime people are amenable to before and afters, we love doing them. Better to ingest collagen or does it absorb easily on the skin? Hands down, you got to ingest it. You got to ingest it. Hands down, like no debate. I love topicals, Mm -hmm. but I will say in terms of skin, hair, Mm -hmm. nails, joints, you have to ingest it. Mm -hmm. And I believe higher doses. So our product has a a very, very high dose of collagen. I tell people 5,000 to 10,000 milligrams a day, which is a nice dose. 
Is yours uh, marine or bovine? So we're marine. You know, if you look at the science behind it, marine, in my opinion, is proven to be more bioavailable to the body. Mm-hmm. We know the uptake in the body is greater with a marine collagen. As long as it's yeah. tested, I always say that because marine is from the sea. Our sea can be very polluted, heavy metals, pesticides. So a very, very big part of my business is testing to make sure mm-hmm. quality and purity. And because it's marine-based, how do you feel about sea moss and like all those other very trendy, popular, yep. holistic ways of getting uh, nutrients? I think anything, anything from the sea can be wonderful as long as it's not contaminated. Mm-hmm. Sea moss, chlorella... A lot of the different seaweeds are high in iron, mm-hmm. they're high in potassium, they're high in selenium. So these things are definitely very useful depending why you're taking it. I always say understand what you're taking and sure. what, what you want it to do, what the results should be. I can hardly wait to try this product. I'm going to do before and after. Great. And yeah, we should do a little contest, although you're younger than I am. We can do a contest. I need all the it. collagen I can get. Uh, me too. We'd love to do that. So people find it on agequencher.com. Correct. That's yes. your website. Yes, and I know you brought us samples, but I'm still going to go on there and find <laughs> find what will work for me. I guess that's the other thing for people's skin. If it's from the inside, it doesn't really matter what race you are, or skin tone or anything. It works the same for everybody, right? In terms of a base electrolyte, an electrolyte is an electrolyte. So as long as the formula is made properly, absolutely. Blanket formula for everybody. Okay, Kenya, we're on. Awesome. <laughs> okay. So now on to our final guest. And this is another really great product. Hema Ready with Wonder Eggs by Crafty Counter. And I got to tell you, I took a look at this, and this is another thing I am definitely buying. So please tell us what you have, Hema. Absolutely. I never get tired of telling our story and sharing more about our products. So I'm the founder and CEO of Crafty Counter. We're a food tech startup that is driving unparalleled innovation, in, particularly in the category of plant-based eggs. It's a white space and it's a ripe for disruption. But I'll tell you, like, you know, if you asked me five years ago if I was uh, going to be a vegan, I'd be like, no way. <laughs> Omnivore. My family, yeah, you know, ate everything that walked the planet. And uh, interestingly enough, we're here driving innovation and form factors in plant based eggs. That journey to come here has been very surreal. So um, to give you a little background, 2018 is when we launched Crafty Counter with the impact that we need to eat more plants and vegetables. What Holly was saying earlier, our gut and um, how much we hydrate, what we put in our bodies has such a lot, such a big impact on how our skin feels, how we feel, how our moods are, um, how our mental health is. So to me, that you know was directly correlated to the amount of vegetables and plant protein we're, we're feeding our bodies. And so I remember from being a mom and with a busy job and through my 15 years of uh, employment with IBM, I remember like... When you're stretched for time is when you start driving to Chick-fil-A. And then, you know, especially if you're traveling, you're making choices that are not in the best interest of your health. So when I quit IBM, the the idea was to drive a mission-based, impact-based business that is helping families not compromise when they're in a pinch. So with Crafty Counter, the first product we launched was Wonder Nuggets. It was half chicken and half uh, chickpeas and cabbage, cauliflower, and so on, so that families have some access to frozen foods that they can pop in the toaster oven. And they have some nuggets or bites that are a good source of vegetables, as well as their favorite chicken. When I was talking to all these poultry farms, and I was trying to source high-quality chicken muscle, I realized most of the manufacturing is really, you know, making choices in their sourcing of chickens that you don't even want to know about. It was just not where uh, I wanted to be. Meaning if I cannot feed a product to my family, I'm not going to put it on the grocery market stores. It's not going to happen. So our guardrails was, you know, clean foods without any artificial ingredients and preservatives. So as a process of talking to poultry farms, talking to suppliers, I came, um, into knowing more about what intensive animal agriculture is doing to the planet. Right now, 80% of land, arable land, is being used to grow feed to support our animal protein needs, which is making a direct impact on climate change. So the impact statement for Crafty Counter changed. 
So in 2020, we went completely vegan. My family went vegan. And then we had to pivot our business to becoming a 100% plant-based business. When you stop eating meat, the first thing you miss is eggs. You wake up in the morning, you're like, okay, now what? <laughs> what am I going to eat? <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. you know, I tell you, I'm one of those geeks where I would look up the perfect way to make a poached egg, the perfect way to make a fried egg. I was just the egg connoisseur. And I was like, okay, what do we do now? Like how many times can you eat oatmeal and, you know, vegan pancakes or you just want more variety. And yeah. as an entrepreneur, you're always looking for what is the best way you can serve your people and your communities around you. So right now, what we have launched um, in the marketplace is called um, Wonder Eggs, and they're made with almonds, cashews, and coconuts. That's 98% of the ingredients. And the rest is just agar, which is basically a seaweed um, extract and a nutritional yeast. Um, and then um, we, we basically color our yolks with the turmeric and anato. Oh. And I thought a lot about how do we best serve our consumers, right? So these smell of eggs can be off-putting to some. And some love the smell of eggs, especially those that have that are mixing it up. So they're not vegans. We're not serving the vegan population. We're serving those that want to switch it up a little bit, right? They are flexitarian. They're eating you know, animal protein, seafood, but they want to take a break from that once in a while. So that's who our core audience is. So that's why what we do in our trays is a sachet of black salt, which when you sprinkle on the eggs can give that eggy smell and that sensory experience. But we did not want that to be a part of the product. So when you open the film on our tray, mm. it comes exactly like this. This is the tray and you slide the sleeve over. There's a sachet right here with the black salt. So you sprinkle that right before eating and that recreates a sensory experience of eggs and the egg white tastes just like an egg white and the egg yolk is just creamy. In fact, some people have said it's better than the chicken egg yolk because, you know, it's just nuts. Yeah, that's why it went viral. People, consumers are just loving how it is so bizarre, right? How do you even make our bold egg and make it seem like a chicken egg, but it tastes like a chicken egg, uh, but it's not made from chickens. Yeah, and so, if you want yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you want to see what she was talking about, you can go to her website or go to our YouTube channel, but... I did go to your website. You have a lot of really great recipes on there. But I think one thing these would be really good with would be to mash up with avocado to make an egg salad sandwich, but with avocado instead of mayonnaise. Or deviled <laughs> eggs. I'm a big, I love deviled eggs. <laughs> yeah. So uh, a yeah. level of protein. So it has 50% less protein than a chicken egg. So a chicken egg typically has about five or six grams of protein per egg. And Wonder Eggs have about three grams of protein per egg. So um, it's not quite where the chicken egg protein is, uh, you know, but what we say is zero cholesterol. It's healthier and no chickens were harmed because the reality is 95% of eggs that are produced globally are made from factory farm chickens where they can't even move around. Mm -hmm. And it's very inhumane. And, you know, any chicks that are born that they're not useful for the egg industry, they are culled. And that's millions of chicks that get culled. So our position, our point of view is that, look, I mean, if it's a small farm and the hens are treated kindly, sure, why not? Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, the most of the eggs that are produced on a global basis are factory farm, which is not really great for the chickens, but more importantly, has a direct impact on uh, the environment as well because of the waterways that get polluted because of the poultry farms and so on. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, nutritionally, we're not quite there yet, but, you know, it's clean labeled and uh, you get to eat some high quality nuts it's non-gmo project verified sometimes we use non-gmo cashews sometimes we use organic cashews so yeah it's made in a very clean basis to just yeah. weave holly back into the conversation really quickly about the importance of protein yeah. yeah and i mean protein we need protein to build iron and so many functions in our body and i love what you guys are doing we know that vegan proteins are in some ways more absorbable so hmm. i think it's hmm. great that's yeah. awesome definitely want to learn more yeah the other advantage to this is if you ever smelled a chicken farm i can't say i have <laughs> don't oh. <laughs> when i was in colorado yeah. there was a chicken farm and when the wind blew the wrong way oh my gosh but yeah oh. i think these eggs look really good and the nice thing is like you were saying very early on is that if you have kids or even yourself you could just throw a couple of a little container maybe put an ice thing in there so they stay cold and you have a nice snack for when you're out on the road or mm -hmm. eggs to go. That's exactly, that's interesting you say that. That's exactly how our customers are, are using them. They're taking them in their picnic baskets. So all you need is like some bread, some guacamole, 
maybe everything bagel seasoning and you've got your eggs and you're either making a sandwich or you're just eating them by themselves as a snack. And then interestingly, you can also make an egg salad and put it in an ice pack and take it with your picnic basket. The good thing is that they're ready to eat. So there's no mm-hmm. boiling, there's no peeling off eggs. You just open the film and you can eat them right away. Mm-hmm. And so you can dress it up with as an egg salad or an avocado toast or, you know, sprinkle on a pasta or pop salad. Like imagine all the people that are not wanting, they can't eat eggs because of they're watching their cholesterol levels. Mm-hmm. Then they have, they can finally have a cop salad, you know, or top yeah. off their noodles and ramen. So the use cases are, are so many. That's why, like, if you search for Wonder Eggs with a U on TikTok, there are, you have to keep scrolling. There's like so many, you know, reviews, the hashtag impressions for Wonder Eggs on TikTok is 4 million. We just hit 4 million wow. two days wow. ago. Good and for you. 10 million total impressions. Yeah. And our marketing spend is $0. Wow. All of this is organic. We haven't spent a dime. I thought we would, we had budget, but we have never had to use it because the organic word of mouth is like, wildfire. Where are people buying these? They're available nationwide in Whole Foods. Now they are in a few of the chain retailers. Uh, we're actually launching uh, in the New York tri-state area. They're available on uh, freshdirect.com, which is the one of the country's leading online grocer. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're also launching soon in a lot of Southern California stores, including Mothers, Bristol Farms, Lassen's. Here in Texas, they are going to be in Albertsons in a couple months and Wegmans in July. So they're making their way into national and regional grocery store chains. And we also sell them online. So outside of the TikTok generation, right, let's talk a little bit about other demographics of consumers that may Mm -hmm. not be on TikTok. How do you plan to reach that sector of folks? I thought that our market is only going to be those hipsters that are very eco-friendly, conscious, and very small community. What I'm finding out, much to my surprise, is there's an entire baby boomer generation that's getting behind this. They're ordering it from organized you know, neighborhoods and old age homes because their grandkids are telling them to buy it. Because a lot of, as you age, you're, you're, the things you can eat goes smaller and smaller. And that is just a reality. But how can we make maximize how we feel during our time on earth is what we can control. That's the only thing we can control. And so speaking of which, as you grow, as you grow older, you're in a restricted diet. You can't have artificial ingredients or you can't eat a few different things. And so our products are so clean label that they can finally eat eggs. Like they're watching the cholesterol, for instance. They're like, I haven't eaten eggs in five years. And my granddaughter told me, so I'm ordering them online. So yeah, my favorite phone call is uh, is from this lady. Her, her name is Diane. And she was like, I placed two orders by mistake. Can you please cancel the order? But she was like, your favorite next door grandma. She was so affectionate. She's like, I love these eggs. And this is my second order. Can you cancel the second one? So I was like, well, tell me why you're ordering. She's like, well, I live in an old age home, so I can't go to Whole Foods. But I love these. Like I can finally have them on my avocado toast. That was the way she has them. Or just put salt and pepper mm-hmm. and have them with a side of toast and she said I haven't had an egg in so many years so it makes my breakfast routine complete and that was so sweet to hear so I see more and more demographics opening it up either because health reasons or finally they understand that they understand the impact of our buying decisions on the shelf in grocery stores we all have a part and a role to play to help slow down climate change we can't wait for anybody else to do it we have to do it. Sure. Every single person has a power in their wallet to make an impact. So you know, as a brand, as a company, our role is to drive that dialogue and awareness and be respectful because at the end of the day, it's not our business to tell anybody what to eat. All we're doing is giving more options to explore and just became aware of if you like it, we'd love to be part of the shopping baskets every week. Awesome. Uh, Where can people buy your product? Craftycounter.com. Yeah. So our Instagram handle is uh, mycraftycounter. And our website is craftycounter.com. It's C-R-A-F-T-Y-C-O-U-N-T-E-R.com. Passage to Profit, the road to entrepreneurship with Richard Elizabeth Gearhart, Kenya Gibson sitting in for Richard Gearhart today. And we will be right back. Don't go away. We still have one fun little bit to go. I'm Richard Gearhart of Gearhart Law. We specialize in patents, trademarks, and copyrights. We love working with entrepreneurs. And here's our client, Anya, to tell you what it's like working with us. Anya? Hi, I'm Anya, the founder of Happy Bond. And we We've been with Gerhard Law for about six years. They followed our whole patent and trademark journey, and we're extremely happy that we had them at our side, especially because our product is a pet collagen that has now two patents thanks to them for the joint of the pets and a new 
dog food that is extremely new and has a process that is protected through their help. We really have to thank them for guiding us through the whole process and as a startup made it possible for us to do that. Thank you, Anya. So to learn more about patents, go to learnmoreaboutpatents.com and download our free Entrepreneur's Guide to Patents. That's learnmoreaboutpatents.com. It's Passage to Profit. Alicia Morrissey is our program coordinator here on Passage to Profit, and she's also a fantastic jazz vocalist. You can scroll to the bottom of the PassageToProfitShow.com website and check out her album. I am Kenya Gibson sitting in for Richard Gearhart, and I'm here with my lovely co-host today, Elizabeth. It's been a great show so far. It has. And now I get to ask my question. I am going to start with Holly Fennell who has Age Quencher, and you can find that at agequencher.com. But Holly, what habit from your childhood do you think you're using in your business today? Well, I, I think my mom would say as a child, I was always making potions, lotions, and formulas. So I would take <laughs> baking soda, laundry detergent, you name it. So taking that early love of creating and taking it into the lab and creating formulas is definitely carried through with me to adulthood. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. So you could have either been a witch or a I doctor. I could have been a witch or yeah, either <laughs> so or. you chose the doctor. Could have both. Okay. <laughs> doctor. Great. <laughs> and I still, you can still find me formulating. I love it. It's one of my favorite spots to be is in the lab mixing. Oh, that is fun. Yeah. On my broomstick. <laughs> So Emma Reddy with Wonder Eggs by Crafty Counter, craftycounter.com. What habit from your childhood do you think you're using in your business today? No compromises on nutrition. As funny as it may sound, even in the back in the day, I would get more trouble if I didn't finish my lunch or if I didn't eat my vegetables more than if I didn't finish my homework. That was really it. And I saw them live that lifestyle because he would drive the miles to find the right grain, the right wheat grain. And then he would drive more miles to find the right mill that would mill the grain the right way to make the flour. So that fanaticism on ingredients and how you source them simple whole food ingredients and truly nourishing food. Kenya Gibson, Media Maven, what childhood habit do you use in your business today? My greatest childhood habit, my mother will attest to this, was I watched MTV every day from when the moment I was born. My first full (laughs) sentence was MTV, music television, all day, all night in stereo. And I will tell you, I believe watching MTV was the reason why I became a creative person. I also think that you can use these things to, you know, enhance your God-given gifts and abilities as well. So I think it all goes hand in hand. I loved music and I do believe MTV inspired a lot of that, that in the Smurfs. But I was really, I love, I mean, I loved MTV as a toddler to a teen. You never know. Awesome. Well, we had a guest on the show who said that you should write out your childhood story, like try to write your story and what things you really liked in childhood and see how they're affecting you today. That's where this question came from. And I have my video directory where I'm basically collecting business people. And I realized from the time I was a young child, I really liked to collect things. Hmm. So I started out with glass animals. I had a glass animal collection. And, you know, I have Swarovski crystal animals now. (laughs) I'm still collecting, right? And then the other thing, we always had cats. Like I say, I was born with a cat in my arms. So the cat podcast was kind of a natural from that. But I do think that things that happen in our childhood really affect us. Oh, for sure. Well, that has been an excellent discussion. I feel like we could talk about this all day. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yes, we can. a lot of interesting people here. So we had Manuj Agarwal, manujagarwal.com. That's M-A-N-U-J-A-G-G-A-R-W-A-L.com. And he is taking consultants. If you want him to help you use your data in your company to really propel it forward, look him up on the website or look for him on LinkedIn. And then we had Holly Fennell with Age Quencher. That's agequencher.com. I think this revolutionary product that I am definitely trying. And then we had Hema Reddy with Wonder Eggs by Crafty Counter. It's craftycounter.com. I am definitely trying those. Like we have a Whole Foods a few blocks from our house. So that's my next shopping trip. So nice filling in for Richard today. It was fun. Find us on Facebook, Instagram at Passage to Profit Show. 
and on Twitter at Passage to Profit and on our YouTube channel. And while the information provided during this program is believed to be correct, never take a legal step without first checking with your legal professional. And for all your patent, trademark, and copyright needs, visit Gearheart Law for a free consultation. And you can contact Gearheart Law at gearheartlaw.com. And we'll see you next week on Passage to Profit. Thank you.